Second Chronicles, chapter 20, verse number 15. And it reads, and this is a prophet speaking here, okay? And he says, listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And I felt led to preach on this title here this morning. When God takes the gloves off. When God takes the gloves off. In 2 Chronicles 20, what we see is the kingdom of Judah, which was at that time the southern kingdom of Israel, surrounded by a tremendous army. As a matter of fact, if you study that chapter, you're going to find out that there was three enemy armies that had united against Judah with the intention to invade to and to destroy the people of God. And the enemy that had gathered against them was much greater in number. And looking at it from a human perspective, Judah would absolutely be destroyed. If you were going to look at it with human eyes and, and just out of a natural perspective, you would say, there's no way Judah's going to make it out of this one. Because militarily, Judah didn't have great numbers. They really weren't that strong. They even said of themselves in 2 Chronicles 20, verse number 12, for we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. But thank God they had a leader, King Jehoshaphat, that understood that they served a God that was greater, a God that was stronger than any obstacle, any problem, or any enemy that would present himself or themselves he understood that if they were gonna see victory and get out of this battle they were gonna have to get the Lord involved in this one and I want to tell you this morning and our pastor had said it already we serve a God who is greater a God who is stronger than any issue than any problem, any obstacle that might come your way, any sickness or disease, any financial difficulty. He's greater and stronger than any devil that might present himself to try to attack your life. I want to tell you this morning, have faith because the God that we serve, he's greater and he's stronger than anything or anybody. We serve, once again, it's been said, the undefeated one who's never lost a battle and never will, praise God. And I am a believer that God is constantly fighting on our behalf. But I also believe this. 
that there are times that we hinder the move of God in our lives to fight on our behalf. We hinder sometimes his healing power to flow into our bodies or our emotions, whatever area you need healing in. Sometimes we hinder his delivering power. We hinder him at times to make a way. And in this story today, I believe we're going to find some keys that will help us allow God to take the gloves off in your situation. And the first thing that we're going to see in this story is that they sought after God with prayer and fasting. And I know I wasn't going to get an amen there. Because I know right now nobody wants to talk about fasting. As we're beginning to enter the holiday season, we're thinking about the turkey right now already. The mashed potatoes and gravy. Those green beans. The candy yams. The stuffing. If you're Mexican, you're already thinking about the tamales. And who can forget about the pumpkin pie and the whipped cream? But let's look at something here. Because in this story in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 3, verse 3, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared, and isn't it funny, that fear of what can happen to us will usually draw us closer to God. It says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself. To seek the Lord. That's a reference to prayer. He said, I'm going to seek God and proclaim a fast throughout all Judah. You see, King Jehoshaphat knew if that, that if God was going to fight on their behalf, they were going to have to seek the Lord. They were going to have to pray. And they were going to have to put everything else aside and have a time of fasting. You see, Jehoshaphat looked at this enemy army and he heard the prophetic word. And he said, you know what? We're not going to give up. What we're going to do is we're going to seek after God. And throughout the whole Bible, there are some powerful examples of what happens when you seek after God in prayer and in fasting. I'll just name a few of them. Off the top here, you could read about the king of Nineveh. That ordered there to be a time of seeking God and fasting. And you know what the result was? That God had mercy on an entire pagan city. You could go to the book of Acts and look at the story of Cornelius, an Italian centurion who sought after God with prayer and fasting. And the result was that God brought salvation to him and to his entire household. You can look at the example of all examples, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who he himself prayed and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. And the result was that he came out of the desert in the power of the Spirit. I want to tell somebody here this morning that powerful things will begin to happen in your life when you begin to seek God. Unfortunately, prayer and fasting is a weapon that has been laid down over the years. But I believe that you're in an hour right now 
that you need to dust off that weapon called prayer. Dust off that weapon called fasting. Take it in one more time into your arsenal of weapons and begin to use it. Because what will happen is you will begin to see the Lord take off the gloves and begin to fight the enemy on your behalf. But it's going to take somebody to seek God. Are you with me right now? You can look at the example of the, the father with the demon-possessed boy in Matthew 17, 20 through 21, when the disciples couldn't cast out the demon. And then they asked the Lord, why couldn't we do it? And Jesus responds, because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You see, the truth of the matter is this, that there are certain things in our lives that will not change unless we pray and fast. There are certain situations, there are certain demons that will not budge unless you have some prayer and fasting in your life. And that's the truth. And why is prayer and fasting so important? Why does it allow God to take the gloves off and fight in our behalf. You know why? Because it increases our faith. You see, some people, and don't get confused and don't think that when you're praying and that when you're fasting, you're kind of like forcing God to do something. Or you're twisting the arm of God to do something. That's not how it works. Because God doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't. But when we pray and when we fast and we connect with the Lord, our faith begins to increase. And we connect with a God that can do anything and that there is nothing too hard for him. And then what happens in our life? Our faith increases. And we understand, you know what, God? This issue is nothing for you. You're going to be able to heal this issue. You're going to be able to change this issue. You're able to do anything. There's nothing impossible for you, Lord. I have faith because I've stepped in to a time of prayer and fasting now go ahead Lord take the gloves off and fight for me because God is looking for our faith you need faith to be healed you need faith to be delivered you need faith to be saved here's one you need faith to go in the rapture there's a lot of people today, and I'll just throw this in, that don't believe in the rapture of the church anymore. Well, you'll stay behind. You know why? Because anything that God does in our lives, you have to have faith for it. And if you do not believe, then it won't happen. So definitely, let's go ahead and enjoy Thanksgiving. I am going to definitely do that. I am. 
Let's enjoy the holidays, yes. But let's not forget about prayer. Let's not forget about incorporating fasting in our, into our lifestyle and watch how the Lord takes the gloves off. But let's look at another thing they did here. That's the first thing. They prayed. They fasted. But the second thing is that, that King Jehoshaphat and the people of God did was this. That the prayer that they elevated to God was a prayer that declared victory and not defeat. And this is key. It is so key. Because a lot of times when we face trouble, instead of elevating prayers and declarations of victory, we're elevating prayers that are full of problems and full of defeat. God, look at my problems. Look at the sickness and disease that's hitting my body. Look at the doctor's report, Lord. Lord, look at my finances. Look at the economy, Jesus. Look at the rumors at the workplace of people getting laid off. Lord, look at the devil attacking my life. When, when the Lord is saying, you know what? If that's your prayer, you're focused on the wrong thing. Because instead of declaring how big our problems are, we ought to be declaring how great our God is. And one more time, we serve a God that is greater, stronger, mightier, more powerful than anything that can come your way. You know, that was one of the reasons we had to do away over the years with the testimony service and that moment of testimony during the service because it was testimonies of defeat. Whenever you testify, make sure it's a testimony of victory. And many times when we pray and we declare problems over our life, because that's really what you're doing. You're declaring problems over your life. And when you do that, you know what happens? We get exactly what we're praying for. We'll get problems. You'll get disease. You'll get the attack of the enemy. Why? Because you got faith for those things. And we got to change the way we pray. Change the way we talk. To allow God to take the gloves off. You know what? Let's look at King Jehoshaphat's prayer for a second here. In 2 Chronicles 26, this was his prayer. Because remember, he's facing this army, this tremendous army, and he begins to pray in 2 Chronicles 26 and says, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Let's break this down a little bit because he says in this prayer, are you not God in heaven? 
And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? You know what he was doing there? He's declaring the sovereignty of God there. He's saying, God, you're a God that does what you want, with whom you want, when you want, however you, you want. You're sovereign. You, you are a God of no limitations. You're a sovereign God. He was saying, you're a God that's in control of this situation. That's what he was praying. And then he begins to say, in same verse 6, and in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? He's declaring in his prayer a God that is almighty, a God that has all power, all authority. He's declaring you're a God that there's nothing too hard for you. You're almighty, Lord. He was saying, Lord, there's no one that's able to exercise power over you. You're the God who created the universe. You're the God that has power over everything. And I don't know if somebody's hearing what I'm preaching right now, but you serve a sovereign God. You serve an almighty God. You serve a God that's in control of your situation. And then his prayer continues. If you go to verse 7, let's keep reading it. Second Chronicles 27. And you, and you not, are, are you not our God? Who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to your descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? See, here now he's praying about God's faithfulness to keep his promises. He's saying, Lord, you're a God that never breaks a promise. You never will, you never have. You're faithful to your word, Lord. And if God has made a promise to you, let me tell you what, he's made many in the word of God. And some of us here as well, he's given you promises through the prophetic word or through a word that he spoke to you in a different way, maybe through a dream or through a vision or some other manner. But if he's ever spoken a word to you, you better rest assured he's faithful to his word. He will bring it to pass. He is a promise keeper and he has not forgotten about what he promised you. You see, this is his prayer. He could, be, he could have been praying. Lord, look at this enemy. Three enemy armies gathered against us, Lord. And now what are we going to do? We're done. No, but he keeps praying. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse 9, let's keep reading it a little more. And he says, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and cry out out to you in our affliction and you will hear and save. Not only is he declaring God's sovereignty, God as almighty, God as faithful, but now he's saying, and you know what else you are, Lord? You're merciful 
and you're compassionate and you will help us. And I want you to know that, PFAC, whatever you're struggling with today. I know the devil has told you you're not going to make it. The devil told you don't even go to church today. Why don't you just give up? But I want to tell you, you serve a God that's merciful. You serve a God that's compassionate. You serve a God that understands exactly what you're going through. And I want to also tell you this. He's going to help you if you let him And, and, and then I'll finish off his prayer here in verse 12. Nor do we know what to do. But look at what he says. But our eyes are upon you. He's saying, I'm going to trust in your ability. This is obviously too much for me. In my human strength, my human ability, our human army, Lord, we're not that big. We're not that strong, but Lord, we're going to trust in your ability. And can somebody here today, instead of putting your eyes on your problem, can you put your eyes on Jesus? Instead of putting your eyes on what you can do, on your resources, on your ability, can you put your eyes and your focus on God's ability? You see, what we got to do is this. We have to declare his faithfulness, his power, his sovereignty, his goodness. Why don't we declare, instead of declaring problems, Lord, there's nothing too hard for you. Why don't we declare, Lord, you're in control. Because when you're in the battle and you begin to declare these truths over your life, God says, you know what? Now it's time for me to step in. You're declaring me as almighty. I'm going to take off the gloves. You're declaring me as sovereign. Let me get in the fight. You're declaring me as faithful. Let me go ahead and take care of the issue. You're putting your focus on my ability and putting it off your own ability. I'm in control. I'm going to handle it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Somebody believe what I'm preaching here this morning. And, and, and here's the thing. Because we fail sometimes to realize that there is so much power in what we say. When we, what, in what we declare. And the power of God is released over us when we declare God in our situation. I'll give you just a few verses of the power of the declaration of your words. Proverbs 18.20, a man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. You can go to Matthew 12, 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified. And by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So important what we speak. Psalms 118:17 says, I shall not die, 
but live and declare the works of the Lord. And let me say this. Our human nature is this way. When we run into problems, we begin to analyze it. When the doctor gives us a bad report, we begin to look at all the symptoms and all the negative things that can happen. And then I've learned that we'll come to church and we'll begin to say, you know what, preacher, the doctor says this, and the doctor says it doesn't look good, and it looks like I don't know if I'm going to make it out of this one. And as a preacher, what I've learned over the years is the less details that I can have about your situation, the greater the faith I'm going to have to pray for you. Because the more and more I hear the details, and the more I, more I hear that, you, that it's not looking good, and that you're not going to make it, and, and that the report says this and that, and that there's a small percentage, you know, my faith begins to decrease. And that's why the Lord has told me over my, in my life, over the years, uh, when you're going through something, don't declare the details of your situation, the negative ones, uh, because your faith will decrease. Simply come to me uh, and present it to me, uh, and you know what I'll do? I'll take care of it uh, because you'll have faith for it. And I guess that's something for somebody here today. When you come today with your need, we're not going to have to hear the details. God already knows the details. Just come to the Lord and watch him take care of it. It doesn't matter how hard it looks. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. We don't want to hear the details. I don't want to hear the problem and the problem and the problem. You know what? I want to see faith. I want to hear somebody say, God can do it. I believe it. There's nothing impossible for the Lord. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to take care of it. I prayed for a young lady some Almost about a year ago, they didn't tell me the details. I just knew she was in a hospital. And I said, the Lord says, this is what I felt to say, you're going to live and not die. And then right away they told me, well, she's got a short time to live. Um, she has all these issues, tumors, these surgeries she's going to have to go through. And I was like, wow, why did I say that? Because my faith at that moment, when they started giving me the details, I started to decrease. I said, this is the last time I'm getting invited back to this church. But because I didn't know the details, I declared life. And you know what God did? He gave her life. And I got the report later on that God is still giving her life and completely healed that individual. You see, don't focus on the details of your issue. Just come to God and say, Lord, I know you're able to take care of it. And he will. So it's time to declare blessing. It's time to declare victory. Instead of defeat. And as a matter of fact, let me declare over this church blessing right now in Jesus' name.
life over you, abundance, salvation, and strength. I declare healing over your body, over your emotions, over your mind. I declare health. I declare revival in this church. I declare great, a great move of the Holy Ghost upon every single one of us. We're not going to be declaring problems. We declare victory. Hallelujah. And let me connect this third point to what I'm saying here in number two. But number three, after they had that declaration of victory, when they were declaring it, they believed the word of God that was spoken to them by the prophet. They believed it. In 2 Chronicles 2015, our text, he said, Listen, all you of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. You see, in the midst of crisis, God wanted them to believe the word that was spoken to them by the prophet. Although the circumstances looked unfavorable, God wanted them to exercise their faith and believe that God would fight for them. And I don't know, but is there anybody here today that your circumstances look bad, but in spite of what you're facing here today, can you still believe God and have faith in his word. That's a question for somebody here today. And since faith comes by hearing, and hearing the word of God, allow me to declare some scripture into your life right now. Psalm 121, 7 through 8 says, The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. You know what that means? He's your protector. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God shall supply your every need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That means he's your provider. 1 Peter 2.24, whom himself bore our sins on his own body, on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. That's saying that he's your savior, but that's also saying that he's your healer. I don't know if anybody's receiving faith right now. John 14.27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, I do give let not your hearts be troubled nor let it be afraid if you need peace he is the prince of peace is there anybody here today that can believe the word of the Lord you're facing trouble you're facing circumstances you're facing things you don't know how you're going to get out of it but is there anybody here that can trust the Lord and believe his word he tells them and I'm almost finishing in 2nd Chronicles 2017 the Lord tells them 
you will not have to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. He's with you, PFAC. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And I'm going to ask one of the musicians to come up. You see, God told them that they would not have to fight and for them to stand still. But here's what's interesting to me. That although God told them these things, they still prayed. They still fasted. And if you're going to read the story, and we'll, we'll touch on it right now at the end, they praised and they also worshiped. Why? God told them to stand still. But you see, what God was referring to, them standing still, was putting down their physical weapons for the physical battle. But that didn't mean that they were to lay down their spiritual weapons. They needed to pray. They needed to fast. They needed to trust his word and believe him. They needed to praise and they needed to worship. They needed to take hold of their spiritual weapons. And in order for God to fight for us, you know what that means? It doesn't mean that we're going to sit back and relax. Well, God says, stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. I'm going to sit back, I'm going to relax. I'm going to crawl, I'm going to just look. No, that's not how it works. God still wants us to participate with our spiritual weapons. And we need to take those weapons of prayer, fasting, worship, praise, and faith. And I'll finish with this. This is the last thing they did. They praised and worshiped before seeing victory. You see, the evidence that they believed God was the fact that they decided to praise and worship God before seeing the enemy destroyed, before seeing their victory. They were able to praise the Lord. This is what it says. 2 Chronicles 20, 18 and 19. And all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites and the children of the Kohites and the children of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. You see, here's a recommendation for you. If you need God to take the gloves off in your situation, worship Him, praise Him before you see the victory. We know we're already victorious. But in, but, it, but in order to see that victory manifest, 
You got to praise and worship before you see the victory. Before you feel the healing. Before you get that good report. Before you see God provide that money that you need. Before you see the restoration of your marriage. Before you see your children in the baptismal waters. Before you see the devil running for his life. You got to praise and you got to worship before you see it. And can I add one more? other recommendation that the scripture gives us let your praise be heard because it says that they stood up to praise and with voices loud and high they were going to let it be known I got faith and I'm going to demonstrate this faith through my praise and through my worship. The enemy army is surrounding them. If you read the story, the enemy army is threatening them continuously. But you know what they do? They stood up and they began to praise the Lord. And they began to praise the Lord with voices loud and high. They're going to say, you know what? If we're going to use this weapon called praise, we're going to let the enemy hear it. And we're going to go ahead and shout to the Lord for victory because we believe we already have victory because we've already prayed and we've already fasted. We've already declared a sovereign God and a mighty God and a powerful God over our lives. We've already declared that God is in control. We already believe that the victory is ours. The only thing that we got to do now is stand up like they did and begin to praise the Lord with the voice loud loud and high and I want to invite somebody here today maybe you're facing something difficult can you begin to praise the Lord before you see that blessing before you see that miracle before you see that amen move of God and can you do it with a voice loud and high Lord, our faith is demonstrating we believe you. Hallelujah. And look at what happened as they were praising. In verse 22, now then when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. The Lord said ambushes. You know what that means? If you study that in the Hebrew, it says that the Lord sent spiritual agents who were angels in disguise. Oh, yeah, to set the enemy up, to begin to set ambushes against the enemy. And the devil and the enemy began to fight themselves and to destroy themselves. 
Why? Because whenever you praise the Lord with the loud voice on high, you know what's going to happen? The devil's going to get confused. Why? Because he doesn't understand how you can praise God in the midst of your problem. He says, why don't you be quiet? Why don't you put your hands down? Why don't you just sit in your seat and not make a peep because I'm attacking your life? He doesn't get it because we understand we serve a God of power. We serve a God that's almighty. We serve a God that does the impossible. And whenever we're going through trouble, even if we don't see it, we're going to believe it because we walk by faith and not by son. Is there anybody that can praise the Lord with the loud voice on high? Because as you're doing it, God's taking off the gloves. God's getting in the fight. God's beginning uh, to take that swing on your behalf. And you know what else? The angels are fighting in your battle too. The angels are fighting on your behalf.